Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome back to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I am the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBA School. And today I have Lindsay Sage, the founder of Sage Admit, uh, who's going to talk all about MBA admissions and break down for us um, what we need to know in order to be successful in the admissions process. So Lindsay, thank you so much for being here today. Before we jump into everyone's favorite topic of MBA admissions and uh, being able to put forth a good MBA application, could you share a little bit about your background? How did you get started in MBA admissions consulting? Yeah, thanks, Al. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Um, Right, so my background is actually in the admissions office at NYU Stern. And that's how I got to know MBA admissions really well. So in this industry, you tend to have uh, two camps. You tend to have consultants who have MBAs from top schools, uh, or you have consultants whose background was in admissions. And so that's me. Um, Five years ago, I left my job uh, at NYU Stern so I could start my own firm. And uh, this is the work that I've been doing and happy to be here today to share what I've learned. That's great. Uh, And thank you for sharing a little bit about your background. Okay, so let's just start with talk to me a little bit about the MBA application and maybe walk me through some of the non-negotiables that MBA applicants need to have when they submit uh, their application to some of these top schools. Yeah. So um, you really have to have this well-rounded application, and I think of it in these three buckets, okay? And so these buckets are uh, the first academic, uh, the second professional, and the third leadership. And so there's certain non-negotiables in each of those buckets. Um, The first academic meaning, by that I mean your GPA and your test scores. So the non-negotiable there would be that you really need to be at the average of what the schools have posted. Um, When I look at the professional bucket, by that I mean your work history and then also what you want to do going forward. Uh, The non-negotiable there is that you really consistently show yourself as a top performer at work. I'm talking, you know, promotions, salary progressions, no major gaps. Um, And then when you think of going forward, that your goals make sense, that you have this airtight uh, career goals that are business school relevant, but also really authentic to sort of your story. And then when I look at that third bucket, um, leadership, you really need to show that you have this other layer to you, you know, that you have a personality, you're not just this robot with sort of strong stats and a good resume, but that you have, you have something you're going to bring to the class. And I find that with this bucket, the the higher rank the business school, the more that needs to show up as leadership. So um, showing that you're a leader in and out of work, showing, um, especially this year, how you approach leadership, that you're an inclusive leader, that you think deeply about how the workplace is representative of the society around you. 
Um, and so really you need to come at the MBA application making sure that you have thought through each of these pieces of your application. Thank you for breaking that down. And I love the three buckets because it makes it simple and easy to understand. And I think you're absolutely right when it, with respect, particularly to the last bucket around leadership and uh, there being a correlation between how unique and strong it needs to be, particularly as you rise up in the rankings. Um, one anecdotal data point behind this, I used to work at Deloitte. I have a lot of uh, friends and colleagues of mine who want to go to business school, which they're all very much very well qualified in many ways. But when you go to want to go to apply to Kellogg, which is literally littered <laughs> with Deloitte consultants, um, <laughs> you have to have a pretty unique story um, in some respects. Um, and uh, it's it's less about you know trying to do all these new things and more about really digging, I think, into the things that you've done to to try to think about them in a unique way. Um, and so that was something I know I definitely spend a lot of time on, particularly talking with some of those bankers and consultants who you know are very qualified, but because there's so many of them, you really do need to find ways, particularly with leadership, to stand out in a unique way and really show um, how you're gonna bring um, value and really contribute um, to the program. So on that notion, simple question, how do you stand out, particularly with something like leadership or you know, in the case of um, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be for a consultant, but for anyone for that matter, you know, how do you make sure you stand out regardless of you're, you know, going to a top five or top 10 or top 20 or whatever type of program that you're applying to? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. So you're right. You, you've got all these really, you know, you've got all this bucket, you've got like this airtight resume, you're ready to go, but how do you be unique in the process? So, um, and this is a lot of what I work on. Um, what I always say is don't focus on your strength, but focus on what makes you unique. So it's, it's very common when I was reading applications to see very similar profiles around strengths. So like I would see a lot of marathon runners. I would see a lot of people who traveled to like 25 plus countries and can't wait to 25 plus more. And that's really, in terms of the general population, that's a huge uniqueness, right? Like those are really great accomplishments, but it's not necessarily unique within the MBA group. So you need to pull out what makes you unique um, when you're looking at the other people that are applying that year. And um, so to do that, you really have to dig deep. You have to go back to sort of childhood themes that have been running in throughout your life, value sets that you have, experiences that you've done, how you've approached problems differently than maybe the people around you. And it's often not something that you'd, you know, you'd really expect or it's so overt. Like when I was working with uh, um, a client once, he was, you know, overrepresented profile in business school, pretty traditional path, was busy at work, so didn't have a lot of time to do things outside of work. And, and as we dug, it came out that he was the oldest of six boys. And I was like, that's huge, right? Because you were born into this leadership role. Like, like let's weave that in. Let's make that part of your narrative. And it wasn't something he was planning to put in the application. He didn't see the significance of it. But it was sort of, for me, not having read a lot of apps that started with that, it was like, okay, this is clearly a uniqueness. So you have to, you sort of have to pull out and think about you in relationship to the other people applying and not just sort of what you see in the population. Uh, I love that example. So thank you for sharing that. And I, I think that, and I've said this before on other interviews, one of the um, things about 
Um, cause you're absolutely right about strengths. And here's the thing, like I'm a big believer in, in, in strengths finder and, and the value behind it and any other type of, um, coaching that, re- you know, really encouraged you to, to use your strengths, you know, in a lot of different ways, but to the point that you made just simply figuring out what your strengths are is a lot harder than it actually sounds. It sounds pretty simple. Um, and if you're someone who's self-reflective, who just knows himself really well, that's probably an exception. You probably can like think of those things, but it can be hard to really tease out sometimes. And so um, that is also why I do encourage uh, listeners who are applying to business school um, to work with an MBA admissions consultant, or at the very minimum, someone who has applied to business school or a mentor or a friend, because sometimes we're not great at being able to pull out this, this, our strengths or even things that make us unique, at least on first glance. But when we work with someone who either has done this before or who can maybe work with us almost like a mirror and shine um, ourselves back on us, sometimes that outside perspective does help us see things that perhaps in this case, it sounds like with your applicant, um, things that he may have taken for granted just because they were just parts of his life, but were actually really unique. And you were able to see that in your case, because number one, you've been on the other side of the table and you can, you can see to yourself what makes someone unique. But the other thing is, is that you're just another human that hasn't lived his life and can look at him and say, oh, wow, like, you know, if I, I was in a conversation with this person at a, um, you know, at, a, uh, at an event or something, like, and he were to say this, that would be really interesting. But perhaps sometimes as individuals, like we just kind of, we take those things for granted because they were just like, oh, like, that's just, that's just who I am. That's just who I am. So totally. Yeah. And I always say, like, if you, you have a strong app, if no one else can put their name on your app. And so by that, you want to kind of avoid those, like those subjective phrasing around like, I work hard or I get along well with others, like really try to make it specific to your story. Yeah, uh, I think that's, I think that's a really great point. Just one follow up question there. So I know that you, you said is so two elements of this one is certainly looking at yourself and looking inward. Um, but the other element of it is also being able to, you know, look at a school and, and, and see kind of you know, the types of people that, that go there, right. And, and trying to figure out like what the pool is like and where you fit into that. Um, outside of obviously looking at, you know, uh, um, um, a school, um, a class report where you can see the demographics or outside of maybe, you know, talking to a few students about, you know, what are the type of students that are here? Is there anything else applicants should be doing, you know, uh, to get a better sense of, you know, what that applicant pool, is, you know, looks like, or is it more, um, you know, how much of it should be focused internally versus like looking out externally at the market and understanding, you know, what's there? Yeah, um, a little bit of both, I guess. And I think what you, it really helps. I mean, it's sort of a weird time to do this now, but it does sure. help to do beyond just the website research. So whenever possible, get onto the campus because you get a feel for the place. Um, if that's not possible now, you know, you get, you do everything you can to touch point with the school. So the webinars connecting to current students, but also alums, alums seem to have a really good perspective over time of not just how the school changed their life and got them a, you know, a good post job, but like they have that post five year perspective. I mean, like you have a lot better advice to give now than you did when you had just graduated. You know, so continue to tap into people at different life cycles of where they are with their MBA and how it's benefited them, um, because something will really click and you, you'll know clearly where you feel like you belong. I think that's great advice. And I think the other, to your point, the other thing about alums, which is a great resource is that 
they also spend a lot of time talking to current students. And so they can also give you their perspective and data point, not just on what they think from being five years out, but also from uh, many of them do talk to current students and can give you a better sense of, from their perspective, what they what resonates with them or, or what they see there. So I think I think that's really great advice in terms of doing that external work to understand, you know, what's out there so you can make sure um, that you that you stand out. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about was that, okay, yes, we know how to stand out and we've talked a little bit about that. And I think that all makes sense. But sometimes, you know, you're just stuck, right? You're stuck because you're not sure how to answer that question. You're not sure how to think about how to make yourself unique. Um, it's not, you know, again, it's a simple question, but it's the answer and the coming up with the answer is, is, is challenging or sometimes we do just get stuck. What are some tips or, or perhaps, you know, I love to think in questions, right? So what are some tips or what are some questions you should ask yourself um, to get unstuck or to uncover that insight that you can then use in your, your essay? Because it doesn't just come to a lot of us naturally. Yeah, so I, I think bringing people in on that process, like you say, having that mirror. And so if you have mentorship at work, if you have support outside of work with people that you really trust personally, but also you respect professionally, those are good people to bring in on this process. Um, I guess, you know, one thing I'll say to people sometimes, especially as we start prepping for interviews, is like, what are, like, if you totally bomb the interview, what are just the three things that you want them to remember about you and 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 so maybe that's part of just going back to the app like when you look at it and it's this blank slate and you don't know where to get started like what are the three things you want them to know um and it, it doesn't have to be that it doesn't really have to necessarily play to your uniquenesses i mean that'll come out but it could just be something simple like i want to go into real estate that's my passion i want to be in new york city that's where I want to grow my career. And, um, you know, I really want to be on a team. Like it can be, it can be really basic stuff, but even just starting from that and then pulling out your, you know, your experiences and your uniquenesses from there. So maybe that could kind of get you started on some part of an outline is just thinking of like, what are these three things? Yep. I Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that that's a great question about just really focusing on those those couple things. Like if you were to bomb the interview or if it were only to be five minutes, like what are the things that you want that interviewer to know? And, and I think it does help in terms of focusing you on the most important uh, parts. So I think I think those are some great some great questions. Okay, so one of the other things that comes up a lot, I'm sure for you, I know it does for me, is non-traditional applicants, right? Um, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. Give you know, talk to me a little bit about you know what you kind of think of as a non-traditional applicant, and then when you work with them, or just in general, you know, what kind of advice you know do you have for them to terms in terms of helping them think about how they should approach this and how they can be successful, even if they aren't someone who or if they are a non-traditional applicant. Yeah, I love non-traditionals. These are you know some of my favorite applicants. Um, and, and the best part about it is that that's your uniqueness. So you don't have to like dig as hard to come across as this super unique, interesting applicant because you already have that in hand and business schools love non-traditionals. They love that perspective that they bring to the class. Um, and so that, that, that's it. But the, the challenge for the non-traditional is making sure that you really show yourself as someone who can keep up with everyone around you. 
So you need to have the same strengths across those three buckets as everyone else has that's applying. Um, and where I see non-traditionals struggle the most is usually around the career goals because they don't tend to come from these known firms where there's a lot of mentorship and support in place for making it clear what's the next step, why business school is relevant. And so the, the career goals can be like, you know, kind of all over the place. So, so those applicants need to have that granularity around the goals. They need to have a strong understanding of why the MBA versus any other degree and really those airtight goals to prove that, that that's where they need to go and that they can sell themselves to recruiters based on the experiences that they have had. That's, I think that's, that's all really great insight. And I, I totally agree, especially on the really thinking deeply about the career goals piece, right? And, and, and really, you're right, because the MBA is always going to be a means to an end with respect to the admissions game, right? In terms of really positioning why this is going to help you get to where you need to go. Um, and if you want it to help you, you also need to know where, where you think you want to go. Um, certainly things can change and, and MBA admissions uh, uh, directors know that, but you need to have a clear understanding and, and be able to speak with confidence that you believe that this next two years at this specific school is going to help take you from your quote unquote, non-traditional background to whatever it is that you want next. And that really does require you to have some, a degree of confidence in, in where that is and what that looks like. And, and, and also how specifically that MBA can help you get there, right. In terms of what it's going to bring to you that, you know, in addition to the things that you have um, will get you from, you know, to, you know, point A to point B. So I think that's a really good point. And the other thing I do, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you know, as a, as a, as a marketer by day, I, I'm always thinking about how are we unique, right? And so, and one of the other things that comes with that sometimes is this idea of um, leaning into, leaning in, you know, not viewing your, not viewing something as a weakness, but leaning into it as a, as a, mm -hmm. um, as a unique value prop or mm -hmm. um, a strength in, in this context. So I absolutely think that if you are a quote unquote non-traditional applicant, there's, it's important to acknowledge and remember that just because you don't fit the mold of the, the, the quote unquote, you know, typical applicant, um, that's actually a strength in many ways. I mean, yes, you're going to need to do a little bit more research in some other things, but from an application perspective, there's an opportunity to really lean into that and to make yourself stand out because I would argue that it's a good thing that you're not the 36 consultant from Deloitte, <laughs> uh, to, 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 to in the class. Right. Uh, and so there's, totally. there's value there. There's, there's a lot of value there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, great. Okay. So I know you said you love non-traditional applicants and I know that you've probably worked with a, a couple in the past. So could you maybe give an example of one that you've worked with previously, talk a little bit about their background and, um, how we were, how you were able to work collaborate with them and to help them land, uh, in business school. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I have had a lot of them and I even worked with a professional actress. So we, I mean, we've sort of seen it all at this point, both on the side of the table of reading the applications and then, um, and then helping them on the other side. So I'm, I'm going to pull out an example of um, a teacher because I think when I would read apps, we would see a lot of teachers and lawyers. And um, these are sort of, you know, these like kind of high burnout jobs of 
you know, I, I had a lot of idealism, went into this career and guess what? It's not for me. And so I'm going to apply to business school because I just need to get out. And like, I would read these applications and it was clear that it was like, all right, those career goals aren't really there. You're not, the relevance for the degree isn't quite there. You just know that you don't want to be doing what you're doing now. And um, we were always sort of hypersensitive to that because um, th there was an overabundance of um, lawyers and teachers applying every year. And so when I was working with a teacher recently, knowing this, I, uh, we had to really kind of dig deep and make sure that we could get some strong goals. Um, and so in addition to her being a teacher, she also had a side project where she was open sourcing some of her curriculum. Um, and a lot of teachers do this. And so um, what we did was we sort of approached that and I said, all right, well, we have some time. Um, let's build this up. Let's make this profitable and then really go towards that whole goal of entrepreneurship and maybe even within the general ed tech realm. And so we were able to show that she has those same business skills that other people from, you know, consulting, finance, whatever are coming from, like, you know, on um, the ability to, you know, think analytically, scrappiness, entrepreneurship, innovation, and that she would be marketable to a for-profit company because she has, you know, the same level of, of, of skills. So she ended up at a top five program and, um, and now works at a major technology firm. Thank you for that. I love that. And I'm going to put this out there right now. I am very much a proponent of teachers going to business school or making that transition. I see a lot of value in that. Um, I'm a little biased, but particularly in my industry in tech, there is a, in, in illustrated by your, your client, um, technology products can often be complex and particularly as marketers, like if we want to educate our potential buyers on the value of them and how to use them, fundamentally, that comes back to clear communication, uh, being able to uh, instruct and teach um, customers, uh, users, as well as any type of salesperson on how to talk about them and how to position them in the right way. And all of that is fundamental to being a good classroom instructor and I always say when I talk to teachers who are interested in, consult in tech, look, if you can find a way to break through the noise and communicate effectively with a bunch of six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, or eight-year-olds, you sure as hell can do the same thing for a bunch of salespeople. So uh, if there are any teachers out there who are listening, if you're interested in business school and interested in tech for that matter, I am a huge proponent of it. And I will also say selfishly, I, uh, my two best friends in business school were both teachers. They both did teach for America. I would not have survived the core if they were not working with me every day after class on some of those subjects and helping me understand and, ex uh, and explain some of them. So teachers will have a very big value in business school because you have many unique skills that will make you a great classmate, but as well as I think very transferable into other fields. You will certainly have to learn a whole bunch of things just like everyone else. But I love that example because I really do think there's a lot of opportunities for, for them out there. So um, yeah. thank you for that matter. Yeah, totally. And and just because by saying a lot of people were applying, I'm not saying that they don't add value to the class. They certainly do. But I think it's it's one of those things where it's like if you see a resume of a teacher applying to another teaching job, that's going to be a very different resume than you're going to give to business school. 
So a lot of working with them and preparing them for the application is like, okay, what are those same skills? Like, okay, you're communicating every day, you're discerning knowledge, you're breaking it down, you're project managing, you're, yeah. you know, you're doing all the same things that consultants and, you know, you know, other people are coming from. And but like let's break it down into that business school language so that it says okay i can negotiate i can communicate you know, difficult conversations i can get things out the door um and so like that and i think sometimes when you're in some of these fields where there's not a lot of mba mentorship or support you sort of feel like you don't belong there and it's like no you do belong you're doing the same thing everyone else is doing but let's break it down and make it clear to business schools that that is what you're doing i, I I think that's correct. And I think that part of that too is just context, right? If it's out of sight, out of mind, if it's not being talked about or, or communicated in the same way, you just have no knowledge or idea. But again, um, not to be biased here, but that's also why I really encourage people who are applying, like if you don't have that knowledge, you should work with someone like yourself or anyone else for that matter. Or again, someone who, who is like you, who has gone through this before, because some of that insight can be particularly, particularly helpful. And as we think about particularly this year. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting year to apply to business school. I mean, it's an interesting year to be alive, period. But it's also an interesting you know, year to apply to business school. It's, 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 it sounds like it's a busy year. Um, applications were up at, at many schools uh, last year, which is the first time that happened in, in a while at most places. Uh, and from all what we can see so far, it, it looks like um, things are going to be quite competitive. And I'm curious, any, anything you want to share just in terms of either what you're seeing based off of working with your own clients or any schools that you've talked to. Um, I certainly can also talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on in the, in the, uh, the broader kind of market, but anything, you know, given what's going on right now, anything candidates should, uh, people who are applying should know. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it, the volume is high. Um, and uh, this sort of, it, a lot of people are applying and I think what's also interesting is that you're going to have people are applying that aren't employed um, that they've lost their job uh, by no fault of their own but just because their company or their industry is in trouble and so that's sort of interesting because it's usually was always this hard and fast rule of you need to have a job to apply to business school um, and so that will be different and I do think admissions will in you know will be lenient with that they'll be really understanding um, different than other years. So I think just my, my, my advice is that if you, if the MBA is really what you want, um, to keep that goal close to you, right? Try to shut down all of the noise around you, stay off the forums and, and really don't listen to people that are saying like, oh, round two is too late. You're, you're already out of luck. So, you know, you've set the goal and go for it. Um, but the key is that you really need to be flexible about where you land. You're going to have to widen that net a bit. Um, you might want to include schools that um, are a little bit more lower tiered than you had anticipated. You could look into part-time programs to see if that's um, a good fit for you. Um, I actually, being in New York, I've seen a lot of interest in the local part-time programs recently. And I think maybe that's just because People might have more time on their hands or they're, um, you know, they're reluctant to leave their jobs. And so they're like, maybe they're not traveling like they used to for work. And so they're like, well, let me just do this thing. This, this has been a sort of a goal of mine for a while. Um, so just basically like have that goal close to you, but be flexible about 
about where you land. No, I think that's great. I think that's all great advice and definitely mirrors what I've been seeing as well. And, and to the point you made, because it is yeah, there, I, I think there's two things, right? So I think the first thing is, is that if it's your goal, definitely focus on it. Um, the second thing is, is yes, I agree. Block out the noise. Um, you know, it does make sense to maybe consider some other schools this year than maybe more so in the past, just because of the fact there are so many people who are applying. Um, that said, that what the my kind of takeaway from that is just to be thoughtful and do the research about those schools for which you want to apply to, because it's going to be a little bit harder to do that this year in the sense that you probably won't get to visit them in person. And so just making sure you you use all the resources you have at your disposal um, to learn about them as much as you can. And certainly um, schools have a lot of um, a lot of desire to also make sure that people like you who are applying do get the information they need because you know they want your attention too. And, and, and I would definitely, I would definitely, you know, consider and, and, and add that. Well, Lindsay, this has been a really great conversation. I really enjoyed chatting with you about all things MBA admissions. Um, if people want to learn more about you or potentially work with you, where can they find you? Where should they go? Yeah, this was great. Thank you, Al, for having me. Um, so I, I run my own shop. It's uh, My website is sageadmit.com. And there you can also see a few videos that I've posted on the admissions process. Um, and if you're serious about applying, I'd love to meet you and, and offer a free intro call. Well, great. Well, everyone, make sure you check out Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Awesome. Thank you, Al. Good luck, everybody. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.